Hi. Hi. I'm Alexis Hyde. I'm Erica Wong. Welcome back to Hide or Practice. Today we have the incredible artist, and until recently I didn't even know she was a professor, uh, Sue Kim. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alexis. Hi, Erica. I'm Hi, so Sue. happy to be here. So can you let our lovely listeners know uh, if they are so ill-informed? Um, <laughs> guys, I'm going to just be a little bit transparent right now. I'm kind of a huge fangirl of Sue Kim. So if I get like weird and you're like, why is Alexis so weird? That's why. That's what's happening live and in living color. Um, so Sue, can you tell anybody who doesn't know who you are, what you do? I'm so uh, happy this is not on video because I um, have a very expressive face, <laughs> which Alexis will know that Erica knows about. Um, and uh, I don't even feel any expressions on my face, but I have a very expressive face. Um, and I'm just so excited to get to um, talk with you both today. I love your podcast because you guys are so funny, um, smart, but also funny. And that's such a nice um, nice thing to get to listen to once in a while during these times. Um, so. Uh, as Alexa said, I am an artist. I work mostly in photography um, and I'm an educator. That's how Eric and I met. And I've been doing both for many, many, many years. Um, probably, I don't know, I guess I've been, uh, I graduated from grad school in the mid 90s. Maybe that's when I started. Anyway, um, so been doing both for a long time. and. Um, so before anything starts, actually, I'm going to backtrack and say this is, I was really surprised one day why I was going to invite Sue onto the podcast because we're talking about key workers for this season. And one of, I don't know if Sue, you know this. So one of the people who really shaped my practice is you. And yeah. And the reason is, is I only took one class with Sue, but Sue was one of the most supportive people. And it's because doing installation is not like a common quote-unquote common medium to choose I think and so when I had you I think I had you for one one-on-one -on -one maybe for studio practice or something and I remember you were like yeah you're a formalist and I was like yes <laughs> totally like no idea what that meant I remember like <laughs> after you left I was like google what's formalist and then I read it and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then actually after we had invited you and you were like, yeah, well, I'll come on. I like looked up the word again. I was like, yep, still me, <laughs> like <laughs> years later. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's, that's so coincidental that Alexis is a really big fan of your work because you shaped my studio practice and on my path for like me doing whatever it is. And you shape... I don't know, Alexis, in what she likes in terms of the artwork that she wants to collect and deal with with her clients. So you're a big deal to both of us, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is uh, really going to boost my, uh, my um, oh my God, now I've become <laughs> pre-verbal from all 
the nice things you guys said. Um, yeah, thank you. That's so that's so kind and generous. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love being an artist and um, being based in LA, especially for so long. Um, LA has a rich history of artist educators, and and teaching means a great deal to me too. I mean, I had. Um, I mean, what you just said is so, uh, so generous, so kind that I don't even know what, how to respond. But, um, you know, I also had really great teachers um, and that really made me want to, to go into teaching. And I still find it incredibly rewarding. Um, but I love being an artist. I mean, I love looking at shows and um, I mean, that's something that we all, I think, share. Um, you know, just to be able to have the um, time in our lives to go to see shows and to think about shows and works and artists and different people's practices and how we build a cultural um, arena within which we can participate is, is very meaningful. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I think I'm, I consider myself so lucky every day. Um, to be participating in that and, and and along the way to get to meet people like you um, Erica and Alexis. I mean, I, I don't even know. How did I even get here? I don't even know <laughs> This is so crazy for stuff? me Do you are you seeing anything right now? Yeah I, I am students wow. and like student works, but I see a lot of yeah, I continue to get you know this kind of constant um, gift of getting to work with students, but um, most of the time, you know, since the pandemic, um, yeah, things have shifted a lot. And I was curious as to what you guys are doing. I mean, this is great that you guys started this before the pandemic, but of course, um, to listen to how things, how you're shifting things in terms of engagement, in terms of the art world and all of its kinds of nuances is really interesting to me. Um, but, I think um, since the pandemic, I've a lot of my kind of engagement with art has had to shift because I don't go to you don't get to go to see shows for the safety of everybody. Um, a lot of it is relegated to online viewing. Like I love the um, extra podcast you guys did um, because it's like, it's so different, but it's still kind of interesting because we have that memory of what going to see shows and going to fairs even is like and so it's a it's a different kind of translation into how we can participate um over the summer i've really um i if partly for practical reasons but partly because you know we are curious folks um i've listened and watched a lot of live streams and a lot of zoom things and zoom panels and zoom studio visits zoom 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 um and so that's it's been interesting to see how people are kind of becoming adept at using that as a platform for doing things i was maybe this is for later for the uh one of the things that um i um started watching recently is this theater company called theater theater of war and they do these productions and and they're all on zoom but it's really kind of formatted in a way and i think that that's such an they're such an ingenious company to be able to kind of um work that into their kind of performances i can tell you more about that later um, well, that's actually brings up a good question i have for you because as because you're coming at at the current so as from multiple angles as an artist and a creator and also as an educator who's you know processing these things and to help you know to give your tools to your students um are you seeing things that are that are like really like 
you know, turning you on, like they're like, this is a good use. This is exciting use of like something and it's not just kind of a band-aid. I mean, it's been a really difficult transition and I think it's partly because, um, I mean, I don't have a good answer because there hasn't, I don't have a lot of, I think right now um, we're still managing to figure out how to adjust. Like that's where I feel like I, I am in as, in, you know, in terms of my own work, like one kind of, the only kind of like real palpable shift has been like I've been making a lot smaller works. <laughs> um, and I think that that's a response to the pandemic in some weird way. Um, but in terms of like going to see shows, like I think people are trying to, like a lot of my artist friends are still trying to kind of like go on um, with the way that they have been making and showing work just in a different capacity where we have longer shows, we have limited um, numbers of people in the same space and those kinds of measures. But I haven't found like in, in the art world, I haven't found a, a huge kind of um, shift in terms of people's practices of showing and making. Have you? No, I mean, the only thing that I've seen really has been, you know, some, a little bit more earnest harnessing of social media in terms mm -hmm. of getting, you know, for, the fundraising capabilities right. for 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 other artists and for themselves and for causes, um, and that's been that's been really nice to see the, the positive responses and success on that. But um, not a lot in terms of you know online viewing rooms or Zoom. You know, it's just it just seems a little bit kind of shoehorned. We're just gonna like this is what we used to do, and this is how we're gonna mm -hmm. we're just gonna kind of like shove it in there and hope that like. <laughs> everyone's just going to be satisfied because it's better than nothing, which is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely feel the same way. And I think that there will be more kind of, um, we'll be able to recognize these shifts that have, that are happening now, but we'll just understand it better in hindsight mm -hmm. after more time and more kind of, uh, more time has passed and we've been able to acclimate to it better and, and see and register it better. But right now, yeah, I feel completely the same way. And I think it's because it's like, you know, art hasn't had to kind of contend with, um, with, um, having to have it's not necessitated by a large audience kind of coming together at the same time like yeah we've lost out on openings and the kind of social um pleasures that come along with with art but um in terms of the making and the exhibiting i mean not you know it hasn't it hasn't shifted that much whereas like in dance or theater like that necessitates um, an audience and a certain a specific kind of timeliness so um, but I, I definitely I'm sure that things are shifting and changing amongst everyone we just I think we'll be able to measure that more um, later after some time has passed and we're able to kind of like see a bigger pic picture mm -hmm. um, but again, I mean, that's also just from my personal kind of perspective. I mean, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about your your show is that it engages in a lot of different art worlds. Like people always talk about there are lots of different art worlds. And I'm like, no, there isn't. Um, but I, I appreciate and I really value that you guys kind of um, approach the art world in all of these kind of manifold ways. Um, and so I think that the, that's, I'm speaking from one particular uh, kind of 
art participant, cultural worker, but I think that um, I'm excited to kind of like learn from you guys and to learn from other people um, how this has changed things. I mean, for one, like the, I was thinking about this just yesterday in the studio. I mean, my studio practice largely is the same. Like I still, um, like the only weird thing is that it's smaller. And the and I think another interesting thing that you touched upon, Alexis, is that, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's great and um, inspiring to see people make work and kind of take action towards um, fundraising for political causes that, and for social change and for social justice issues. I think that's, and, and becoming more aware of all of these um, things that have been systemically it around existing for a long time, but it has kind of received a, loud, a, a larger platform and, and perhaps a louder voice. All of those things are really great. And it's, it's great to see it kind of affected within the art world. Do you think that will make an impact for students as they enter the, the market? I think for me, because I'm going to start teaching this week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just such it's so interesting to see how many different schools have been impacted and because of the lockdowns that are coming back in place in England Mm -hmm. and schools like I know some of the schools like had to push a whole month back to start because they just don't know what to do which you know I think it's fair enough like that's tricky so I think in terms of like this shift that you're talking about, do you think that would change or it would impact a student's way of interaction into the market? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, again, I mean, I, I think this is your kind of area of expertise far greater than mine, but, um, you know, it's like in, in a really kind of um, flat-footed way, There, there's more of a need to document better and document more and document differently um, because we have lost that kind of ability to engage in work within close proximity, say. But at the same time, we're relying, we, we're relying more on um, these kinds of global platforms. So we can, you know, my friend, I tried to wake up at 5 a.m. because my friend in, in London was doing a, thing i couldn't do it um five o'clock is really early (laughs) it's early for me on a sunday i'm just um so you know i think that they're being trained out of necessity because you know if if when i when i have to do a studio visit with a student over zoom i mean a lot of it like they have to show me something right and they the better they show me the better we are talking about the thing itself on the other hand i think it's also interesting because of the limitations of zoom a lot of studio visits have become reliant on a more kind of discursive arena so their kind of way of of thinking through their practice is going to shift a little bit i imagine because a lot of the kind of um, interaction is being relegated to that kind of um discursive level out of necessity you know you're gonna have to do it that's really exciting i don't think that we've touched on yet about like how the visual is also communication and so if you are having a studio visit in person or a gallery visit in person Mm -hmm. like that is a communication between you and the object and then if and now it's like you're still having to communicate the ideas 
and there are these new limitations that wouldn't have been there before and that's not saying that like your artwork is a crutch because that sounds really really terrible um but it, you can rely he more heavily on your on your visual representation than you have to worry about your words um so that's kind of that's that's kind of a new muscle to have to mm -hmm. exercise yeah absolutely because not everything will register through the field through all of this the kind of um emission from you know the object or the whatever to um to the viewer or the person that you're trying to communicate with or share the thing with um and and i think that that's even this that's i think it's similar even if your work is photographic you know you people think that it's the same thing just to kind of share a file or something but i don't think that that's necessarily so um i think it's more about the way i mean i mean perhaps this is again informed obviously very heavily from my own kind of practice but even even if it is a photographic image that can be shared more with a one-to-one -one translation than say a, a, a sculpture or an installation or um, something, there's there's the way that it lives in space. There's the way that you know um, scale is is considered that is um, that gets lost in the translation from one space to another. I think. I think so too. And I also actually, it's funny, I had that conversation with someone the other day who was asking why I don't share more photography on my social media. And they were saying, oh, you're not interested. I was like, no, I'm incredibly interested. It's incredibly difficult for me to share photography. I mean, a lot of it is just my, you know, shitty limitations of an iPhone and like bad, you know, glass, you know, because of like reflections. But um, it is hard to get the magic of a photograph, I think, sometimes when you're talking exactly about this thing, scale and and the you know paper and the color quality it's it's very difficult uh, to take a picture of a picture and um i think that that's you know people do i think they're like yeah photography's easy and they can get a good idea but it's not the same yeah in one in in um yeah i absolutely agree because on the one hand it looks perhaps closer to the thing again than you know something else um but on the other hand i think that your people are so um so accustomed to looking at photographs on instagram and everything so that they kind of like see it immediately without seeing it at all and so i think that that's that's the kind of hidden kind of um trick to photography like you actually do have to spend a little bit more time um because it's especially like your work i mean i think about like the detail and everything and then especially like when your pieces get to be a little bit more three-dimensional but it's um it's very hard to capture the magic of a sukim i'm just all right i had a moment i had a moment i'm taking it i'm okay, absorbing well, no, because i think you guys you don't even understand like i remember i remember my first sukim i do i was it was 2007 and i was on la siena and i forget which gallery it was because mm -hmm. they've changed so much mm -hmm. and it was one of the pieces that you did with um where you cut out like branches with birds and the back was painted gold um and i wasn't up it wasn't a sukim show it was just up in the kind of back office area of the gallery that i like wandered into where i probably wasn't supposed to be and i remember just being like stopped dead by it and i was like this is so magical oh my god um and that was it that was my first sukim so now you guys like you understand this is like a 13 year fan situation like i don't remember i can't and it's so funny because it's it's hard to explain to people especially when you're younger um like how much art i see 
I don't know how many shows I've seen and it still isn't even a lot. Like people see so much more stuff than I do. Um, but I see a lot and uh, it's, I don't know, just to have things like that stick out. Like guys, it's, you know, come back to me in 15 years and you'll be like, oh, well, yeah. I remember like two pieces from 2007. That's one of them. <laughs> oh, that's so, so nice. Thank you so much, Alexis. That means a lot. We can praise you all. I know we could. Can this just be like the, this is like an extra episode. We just like take it out. It's like Art Basel walkthrough, fanning over Sue Kim. And that's it. And then we can all, I'll just edit it out. And then the rest will be like the, the more informative <laughs> discussions. Um. I'm going to be intolerable after this. <laughs> just such an asshole. No, it'll be good. You'll be like, your students will be like, why do you think that? And be like, it's because I think that and I'm right. <laughs> how do you know? Here are the receipts. Listen to Alexis and Erica tell me how wonderful I am and then tell me, then question my judgment. You can't do it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I think you should do it. And then please record the responses because I would love to see it. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh... I would also like to add that all three of us just keep drinking water. I know. We're very hydrated. <laughs> We're very hydrated, people. It must be, I don't know why. You should be drinking fun. tea, Erica. I know. Erica, Alexis and I are like in the, in like a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's hot as, hot as hell already, but. Um, I know. It's yeah, it's hot winter and here. dry here. So that's why we have to, if we don't keep drinking water all the time, our skin is just going to flake off and like added to the ashes of the air exactly we'll <laughs> or we'll just combust and exactly. feed the fire don't do that exactly um cheers <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're all just nervous with each other so we're just like don't know what to do with i know i am I've, I've i've said it i've said it out loud um i'm sweating too so i have to rehydrate because i'm nervous <laughs> I'm, ner I'm, I'm getting nerve sweats. Um, am I going to edit this out? I don't know, guys. <laughs> For me to know and you to find out. Um, oh I love God. to think about, like, I mean, I don't know. What's, what are the school things in L.A.? Because this is just L.A. curiosity. Are they talking about, like, what's going to happen next semester or, like, how to do, you know, the finals or all of those kinds of things with like the artists, like how, how is that transitioning and how are those discussions going on behind the, if you can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can talk about it in many ways. I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. um, she's in high school. And um, so that was, it's interesting how they took care of how they're kind of seeing the situation and making adjustments. Um, I teach at an art school and um, We've made many <laughs> adjustments. I mean, we, you know, I don't think that fortunate is the correct word, but um, we had some time in the spring semester when things went into lockdown to kind of um, have to deal with it in the moment and learn something from that experience from those months. Um, but all summer we had just meeting after meeting after meeting, trying to anticipate and plan for the spring semester. It was a real, it was a real um, heartache for the spring semester when, for everybody, for everyone who's in school, when, you know, students in high school didn't get their graduation, students in college didn't get their graduation, in art school students didn't get their thesis exhibitions. I mean, that's a lot of, it's a real bummer. Um, 
that's not the right word. It, it, it was a, a real disappointment um, because you kind of work towards this kind of culmination that's like so validating. And um, anyway, so we lost, they lost out on all of that. And it was, it was a difficult thing. And, you know, we're always hoping that things will improve and get better, but we also have to take certain measures to make sure it doesn't get worse. And so there's always this kind of trying to anticipate, trying to plan, um, trying to be optimistic, but trying to be safe. So we, oh God, all summer, we went through so many different plans um, behind the scenes. And, um, you know, I, I still have no idea how things will be. Um, <clears throat> and so we have to be flexible, right? We have to kind of be flexible. We have to learn, again, this is kind of like what we were talking about earlier. We have to learn how to communicate and we have to learn how to communicate better. You know, for the students, it's, it's I can't even imagine or I can't imagine but it's it's so hard to deal with it's one thing to be an educator I think to kind of do all of this stuff to be reassuring um, and to teach and to teach differently and to accommodate <laughs> Erica um, but for the students I mean it's I, I think it's so much harder for them um, and so yeah I don't know I mean I think that it's really paramount for the people who are um, the educators and the admin people to be reassuring, but also to really um, communicate as transparently as possible to be reassuring. You know, in, in the US we have Trump where, you know, a recent, I don't know what recent means, story was like, you know, he knew about, with Woodward, he knew about how, um, how bad COVID-19 was, but he didn't want the country to panic. So he lies. But, you know, I think that, you know, we have to learn how to communicate with the students so that they know, you know, why things are so difficult. Um, but reassure them that we have, you know, we have ideas and we have um, that we're thinking about them. And these are the measures to back up what we're saying. That's just it, my two cents. I think that brings up a good point. I think that a lot of, and this actually ties into a lot of the things we've talked about in regards to transparency. I think a lot of people misconstrue transparency with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And in like, you know, just obviously in like a Trump sense, like he doesn't want to appear weak. Um, I think in like an art world sense, like when people don't want to talk about what's available or what mm -hmm. prices are, they don't want to be vulnerable to like someone else getting that knowledge for some reason. Um, or, you know, when people keep things like secret. And I think that that's, I understand it, but I think especially now in situations like where we're in, where you keep these things secret, I feel like we're learning time and time again that it kind of like bites you in the butt. Like the karma of it is kind of, is kind of swift um, when it comes kind of crashing down. And I think it's kind of a good lesson because if you do communicate even like your uncertainties because of course we're all uncertain right now right like we don't know you know if someone's like what are online viewing rooms you know better or worse than what other ones are and it's just like no i mean if you pretend like an ov like an ovr is going to replace an actual exhibition that's silly but like you don't want to say that because you don't want to appear weak as like a business right. but you know, or if you're talking to your students or your artists where it's like, I don't know where things are going to go, but I do know that I'm trying as hard as I can with the information that I have and I'm trying to learn more so I can make better decisions, then it's like, okay, like, that's not an unreasonable place to be in. 
And I think when people say that they know what they're doing, it's kind of like, oh, do you? Um, but that's that whole vulnerability transparency situation. I don't know. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think that that those two are conflated too easily and too often. Um, but there is a difference and there. If we were to kind of, I don't know, I, I can't speak for the wee, but um, if a differentiation can be made, you know, mm -hmm. um, towards greater transparency without feeling like you're losing something and you can see the benefits of it, then it could be a more equitable situation for in so many different kind of manifold ways. I absolutely agree with you, Alexis. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know, I guess this is also kind of my science and I'm sure Erica's got like the sweetest face on right now. She's, like, so, she's like so happy. Um, but I think that like, you know, in, in science, it's very, it's, it's very normal. I mean, it's your default mm -hmm. state is not knowing. Mm -hmm. So it's right. not a, you know, this is what we're used to. This is what, you know, this is how you start to figure anything out. Like you can't get to an answer if you don't admit that you don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. And, um, so for, you know, for people with like a more science training, it's very, or like, you know, a problem solving training. It's like, this is, this is a default state and it's not vulnerable. It's just regular. Like yeah. this is everybody's regular state. And, um, and I think that's also a really good place to start off too. Like when you're starting to reach out to people who do know better than you do mm -hmm. um, and to, you know, get help and collaborate and, you know, things like that. You know, I always hear, you know, when I'm talking to artists and they're like, I didn't know how to, you know, turn Kelly Akashi and she was like, I don't, I didn't know how to blow glass. So I reached out to my friends who like worked with glass. And then one of them was like, here, let me like teach you how to blow glass. And it's like, if she had not, you know, done that, she wouldn't have grown her practice. So, I mean, that's yeah. just like a really basic one-to-one -one example, but it wasn't a vulnerable place for her to admit that she didn't know how to blow glass. Like there was no reason for her to know. Like there's no reason for anybody to know how to act in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. But people still take it as a vulnerability. And that's, right. but I think that is just kind of that whole, I don't know, do I blame the patriarchy? Do I blame capitalism? Do I blame, you know, the current administration? I don't know, all of the above. I want to rally against something. Yeah. No, I, you're so right, Alexis. I mean, I think that that's, um, that's such an important thing to kind of think about and to kind of preface because if not now, when <laughs> there's no yeah. greater time to, to kind of <clears throat> rethink these things because everything has shifted and everything is difficult. So why not just uh, learn from it and, and cop to it and not, you know, come from this kind of place of authority or whatnot. Yeah, I totally agree. Thanks. Oh, God, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so bulletproof when I'm on my soapbox ranting, but I love it. get off of it. I I'm love like, it. Oh, my God. So you can't something nice to me. Um, <laughs> I'm such a dork. Oh, my God. Um, so wait, I do have another question about your practice, because you said that you've been, like, working smaller and and you think that that's a result what do you mean by that i don't know um it's just something i didn't know if it was like an access to resources to printers because of that kind of thing or if it's just like your mind is just thinking more intimate like i was just curious if there was a difference yeah or, it's i think it's the latter more than the former i mean it's both but i think it was um yeah, I just wanted to do something smaller and more manageable, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> something as and more intimate and and um, 
Yeah, I think it's it's all of those things, and it is. I it's it is also just kind of material. Like I don't have a access to printers like I I used to, um, or I do, but I have to kind of um, manage it a little differently. So it, I think it's all of those things. But I like um, thinking about. You know, I think that for me, the whatever's happening with me <laughs> impacts my work in one way or another, in every way, perhaps. Um, but I think part of it is to try to to kind of have something kind of more intimate to deal with rather than um, kind of fuss with everything. I mean, not that like making larger <clears throat> work is better or more work necessarily and the scale of my work is really kind of dependent on um the picture <clears throat> but i just realized like that's just a, a weird thing that i realized because a lot of my work just tends to be larger but in the last few um the last few several months um kind of being isolated on my own <laughs> i just i think i wanted everything to be a little bit more manageable even within like a, a field of vision for my <laughs> own self in the studio i like that idea though of like achieve i mean i find that with the podcast too it's just like it's an achievable a little bit like having you know one episode we record we edit we put put it up mm -hmm. it's you know this is a kind of like a little pocket of accomplishment for yeah. us every week um and I think that that helps. Um, I mean, I say this for me and like, like Eric is like making an entire platform that's like super ambitious <laughs> no. and stuff. So like, what am I, you know, for practice of practice, but it is nice to have, you know, just a, a, a start and an end that's a little bit, you know, it's not so crazy long-term um, all the time. I feel like there's a good self-esteem thing for uh, me personally. Yeah. Because we will return to something yeah. more more unwieldy, but for now, God, I really um, am, am enjoying whatever is kind of more manageable. So what, in terms of being, this is a bad way of phrasing it, but like relevant or like knowing what's happening or what's up, like, do you go and look at online viewing rooms? Do you, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> I don't know because it's like because sometimes I sit here and I'm like wow there is another blue chip emailing emailing me telling me there's another opening and then I'm just like do I care which is like very rude of me but it's just like wow there is another one and then because I guess the season ended which to me is still jarring that we had a there was <laughs> summer in the art world and then I was like oh maybe it's just dying down you know like maybe people aren't doing as much free stuff on zoom anymore and Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I'm wrong because here I am in like the end of September and going like, wow, there's more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just sort of wondering what you're doing to stay on it, to know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, the same thing that I've always done, <laughs> except just more of it online. I mean, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, there have been so much, and like like you just said, there's so much um, that we can view online now. And I don't know if maybe this is a, a, a U.S. situation, but um, I feel like there has just been kind of an increasing number or like 
yeah, like there hasn't been kind of waves in terms of more or less, but just kind of a steady increase in kind of the availability of things. And I think it's maybe that's just how that's just what I'm seeing. But um, I started working with this organization um, that's based in LA um, called Geopo, and we put on um, Zoom panels. I mean, we do, I'm on the programming committee, and so we used to do in, in real life um events but now everything is on zoom and so um you know i'm learning how to do different zoom things which just means learning the controls <laughs> just i'm a luddite i'm not even gonna lie um and so you know i try to participate i get to participate on some of it with that and other kinds of school related things um but in terms of like seeing what's what's on view and such, you know, I look to just a lot of like museums and galleries and stuff and, and like whatever walkthroughs. A lot of it, I mean, I have to say, um, I am, this is so stupid, but I'm, I get very motion sick, so I can't do a lot of zooming. Um, and I find that I, um, you know, I still just do the same old thing. Like I read a lot of newspapers and magazines and stuff I don't do a ton I don't really like to navigate a lot of um, things online I have to because I think that it's interesting and that's what the time kind of makes available right now in 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 such uh, with such kind of richness I think because a lot of the programming and a lot of these conversations are hap happening on on zoom but that's mostly how I'm getting to see anything um, I'm also getting to getting used to, I should say, um, spending time with my friends on Zoom um, or FaceTime or whatever. And um, and we get to look at what we're doing in studio and stuff. But like, so a lot of it is just kind of the same. Um, I just don't get to see a lot of shows in real life, which I really miss doing um, and getting to see museum shows and gallery shows and stuff. But um, in terms of like, oh, what's, what's the discourse or what are the kind of um, questions in, in art? I feel like that I'm kind of going, getting the same kind of, in, getting that, I'm still accessing that through the same kind of vehicles of like publications and conversations and such. Fair enough. Super fair. How about you? What do you, how are you guys? I sit in my, I sit in my corner and I just read stuff all day long. And then I yell, <laughs> and then I yell at the screen when, you know, like, it's like, what am I? Oh no. And then I send things to Alexis. I think she wakes up to like a lot of stuff. I wake up to a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it's great because then I don't have to do the work. That's pretty it's kind cool. of amazing. It's like, yeah. I like look on like on the, on Instagram stories at what Erica has been reading because she posts her reading list every day. And then I choose from that. Oh and then the, and then I know what's going on on Twitter because she'll send me some DMs and it's like, fantastic. and then I'll just make like comments. I'll be yeah. like, ha 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 And I'm like, oh, that is funny. <laughs> it's great. We have like this like whole thing, but I, then I don't have to do all the work. Um, Cause then I'm like, oh. Eric already did it for me. Guys, and now I don't have to do the work because now I'm just going to jump on. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I can just send, I can friends, just send I'm just on Erica's. <laughs> Literally, guys, if you're not following uh, Erica's Instagram on her stories, she, every day she posts like eight or nine stories that she's read that day. And it's like, it's like, it's just 
the best stuff. Um, And it's also always really funny because like a lot of those are things that I know I would have read anyway. And then it makes me feel very close to Eric. I'm like, oh, (laughs) like that's a fun thing. But she also reads different stuff too. So it's great because it's like expanding my mind. Um, Oh, so exciting. Like so R21, we watched a lot of R21 at Art Center. I don't, I don't know why, but we did. So the new (laughs) season, (laughs) not bad, bad for Art Center. Sorry. Um, But the new season just came out. And I'm like, yes, love R21. <laughs> yes, like a full hour on Chinese artists. Like how exciting. So okay. episode two was on Beijing. Episode one was on London. And I was like, yes, okay. I know what I'm going to do tonight. This is like What's the Erica season. That's amazing. Yeah, we just need a Vancouver now. Whatever exists in Vancouver, I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. Which is why they need to do an episode about it. Art 21, if you're listening, Vancouver episode, <laughs> that's what you need to do next. Yeah, go there. Sure. <laughs> okay, so what have you been reading, watching, listening to this week, apart from what you had already said, so the theater, the theater. company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so that theater of war is a great... Like, it, it's exciting to see someone, um, and I'm sure lots and lots of people are doing this. I'm just slow. Um, but this, it's, it's exciting to see people using the platform of Zoom and all of this live streaming stuff in, <clears throat> in a different way. Um, and so it, the, the Theatre of, of War is a company um, where they take ancient plays and... <laughs> and perform them through zoom right now. And, um, um, so it'll be, and, and it's, and it's, it's super, I'm going to do such a poor job describing this, but so they take, you know, um, ancient plays like Medea and, you know, whatnot, um, Antigone and they, um, have actors zooming, their roles um but then there the other half of their performance is that they put it into the context of current um issues and so one was um the last one that's coming up is called ferguson and antigone and ferguson or something so it has to do with um you know racial discrimination and, and systemic racism in the u.s and about protest and and um all of that. Um, but it will be in the context of all of the events that have been happening um, in terms of systemic racism. Um, one that I watched recently had to do with um, the pandemic. And I can't remember what play it was. But then um, the discussion afterwards was it was held. Sorry, such a poor memory. Um, it, the the um, it was performed for, not in place, but like the audience specifically, as well as it's, it's open to anyone. Um, this hospital in New York, and um, it was about a pandemic and about not finding the cure and a cure to the pandemic. And then the conversation was with these um, first responders, first responders, um, hospital workers, sorry, um, in this hospital in New York and the um, people, in the, the doctors and nurses who were part of the kind of audience um, participated in the discussion afterwards about um, having to be with patients who had COVID, who weren't able to see their friends and family and how the, um, 
nurses and doctors had to be their kind of um, surrogate family to see them through their illness and to their passing. And, and it was just so um, moving for them to kind of participate in that discussion after watching this really incredible performance of this ancient play that has to do with the, this kind of um, disease without a cure. Really, really. Anyway, so I'm very taken with that. Um, and that's like, the, yeah, so that's been really interesting. Other than that, I don't watch <laughs> very much. I found that um, with all of the kind of necessary Zoom, inter Zoom stuff that I have to do and that I choose to do, like every other, every other kind of screen moment is has just collapsed. I just can't take it anymore. So, I mean, I always read a lot. I'm like Erica. I'm also in my corner, just <laughs> reading and reading. I graduated from school um, in the mid nineties. And that was before you two were probably born, but it was like a time that was just like all philosophy and all theory. That's all we ever read. And that's all I ever wanted to read. Um, I was an ESOL kid. And so like I read, I'm a very slow reader and, um, and I really love things that are really hard to read. <laughs> like that is a masochistic thing <laughs> that I love. Um, so I really love reading things that are, are difficult. I think that that's just part of the way that I read. Um, but having said that, like I, I'm also, I learned to enjoy reading fiction. <laughs> that sounds so stupid, but like, but I, but I, I read fiction in the same way. Like I like fiction that's really difficult for me um, because it's, it's, um, it's a different way of thinking. That's not any more, not any less complex than philosophy or theory. It's, it's just a, it's, it's in, I don't know, it's, it's delivered in a different way. So um you know, I've been reading, one of my favorite writers is Fred Moten. I love Fred more than anything. Um, he is one of my favorite people. He came um, to Otis where I teach last year and he is just so brilliant. I just love his writing and his thinking so much. So um, I always read Fred. He's also a poet, um, just extraordinary. And I've been rereading re Stuart Hall, who is also my favorite writer. <laughs> I've a handful, I have a lot. Um, but in 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 tandem with that, like I I've I've been reading um, oh that writer um, Olga Tokars Kruzak. <laughs> that was really great. Um, she wrote this book. The latest um, of her book that was translated into English is called Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead, which is the best title. Um, that is a genius genius book. I read, I've been reading, um, I just got into Valeria Luiselli called um, The Story of My Teeth. Why so many bone references? I don't know. That was just coincidental. Um, but Valeria Luiselli is new to me, but it's kind of interesting. I don't know that much about her, but in her books that I've read, I've read just a couple. Um, it's speckled with like art things like... Um, Doug Aiken, which I think Alexis has a history with. And like, and, but it, like in one, not, it's not this book. I can't remember which book, but like she'll write like, and um, like she'll uh, change the names. Oh, 
God, what has happened uh, to my brain? Um, oh, it's almost like the world's on fire and it's difficult <laughs> to get any kind of focus on anything for a substantial amount of time. And we've been talking to you for an hour. That's crazy. Oh my God. Um, anyway, but it's like speckled with like art people, like contemporary art people. Yeah. So it was like, I'm like, what? I love this. Um, That's cool. <laughs> so it was like, cause that doesn't really happen that much. Um, so that she's really interesting. Ted Chang, Hari Kun. <gasps> Love Ted Everybody, I love Ted Chang. Um, Harry Dodge's book was, was great. Oh, was it good? Art. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, Guys, so, this, this list, I'm going to put everything in the blurby. Um, this is going to be a really solid list. Also <laughs> City for me, of Hartman. Like a, pers- like a personal shopping list. All I do is, like, it's reading is just so great, especially now because I don't have to look at anything and I can just read, just look at words and just read and not have kind of like an, like an image um, storm on my retina is such a relief. And I can just kind of go into this space of just reading and thinking and being by myself, which is nice. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Amazing. Um, will you tell our lovely listeners how to find you on the interwebs if they so oh. choose, when they choose? Yes. They're smart people. They're going to want um, to <laughs> I have a website, suekim.org. Um, my Instagram, my, per, my, my studio is sue underscore kim underscore studio. And then my personal one is um, push and shove, which is, um, it's, it's like Cockney rhyming slang. Um, for love, I love, I love Cockney rhyming yeah. slang. So good. Um, anyway, it's push and shove. Um, I'm on Facebook. I never use Twitter. I just can't. It's just too much. Stay away. Too it's fast. Too furious. It's just too much. Um, not even for Erica will I go back onto Twitter. No, it's fine. <laughs> I tw- I just retweet a lot of stuff on Twitter. Which is another good place, guys. If you want to think about what to read, follow Erica on Twitter. She's very good about it. Um, it's like the service is great, guys. Five star Yelp. <laughs> yeah, I want to call the manager and let them know she's doing a really good job. Um, no, yeah, Twitter's a hellhole though sometimes. Um, and so you're fine. We've got so many things going on. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks. Um, Ooh, have a wonderful rest of your day. You. And uh, until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.